We pay respect to the traditional owners of the land this podcast was recorded on, the Palawa and Muwanina people. We acknowledge today's Tasmanian Aboriginals who are the custodians of this land. Two Tassie Chicks, the podcast, where we discuss all things about life from two different sides of our 20s. I'm Bronnie. And I'm Gria. And as I say to you every week, thanks for joining us. But we are thankful. <laughs> we certainly are. So, Bronnie, you know how this works. Give me the rundown of your week. My week was lovely. I actually played at, I played a little gig. It was the first So Far Sounds gig for Hobart, which was really cool. It originated in... Um, America somewhere but they've brought it to Australia and now it's in Hobart um, yeah it went really well played a few originals a few covers it was a really beautiful space it felt quite vulnerable and I got a little bit nervous but it turned out to be really good well I was lucky enough to be witness and it was I now understand the feeling that a parent must experience obviously I'm not Bronnie's parent it would be quite a confusing world if I was um but it was just this overwhelming joy and I just bawled my eyes out and I was like I'm just so proud like the songs that she wrote were so beautiful her voice sounded like an angel and I just could not hold back the emotions I was like I've I'm just gonna sit here and cry I suppose because I was just so bloody proud of you stop it you're making me gonna cry now that's so nice I'm so I guys I felt so happy that Greer came to watch I was just telling my family afterwards I was just like the support that Greer showed me when we were there just made me yeah tear up and you sent me a message after after the gig and I read it out to my dad and I was just like how nice is this because you are such a beautiful support and I was yeah I haven't played many gigs in the last year so I was like super super nervous and just didn't know how to be and you made it easier. Well your fan club wasn't just me there were some other people that were cheering you on as well. Yeah it was honestly such a great night and I do just have to say the other two artists that played Sam and Rupert were brilliant. I felt like I was witnessing history in the making. They are just incredible. Well so were you so give yourself some credit. Gria, how was your week? Well, you took the words right out of my mouth. On Friday, I came and watched you perform, which was amazing and quite fitting for today's episode, actually. On Saturday night, I went to the Terry's. Now, if you haven't got the hint yet, I really hope you've picked up on it. But today, we are fortunate enough to be chatting to the Terry's lead singer, Jacob Finch, aka Finchie. So stick around if you want to hear a little bit more from that. But before we skip to that... I really want to hear your recommendation for the week. I feel like I've put out some good content recommendations as of late, but my recommendation for this week is is a bit more on the uh, the foodie side. So, I would recommend the cinnamon scrolls recipe from Ambitious Kitchen. Google it; it's ridiculously good. If you need a midweek pick me up and want to treat yourself and your roommates or your family to some freaking delicious food then make yourself a batch because at my house they were a hit and delicious so I have never had a cinnamon scroll are you shitting me right now never what no oh my gosh like my brother and I 
like every Thursday, my mum would get us like a cinnamon scroll from Banjo's and we'd eat it at my nana's house. Like it was just iconic. That cinnamon scrolls. Oh, that sounds out. beautiful. But I suppose mine was just a different type of food, which right now I'm struggling to think of. But yes, I've never had one. So I will have to make you this recipe and maybe I could get a video of you eating your first cinnamon scroll. Maybe you'll find that on the podcast. Maybe we should just do it for the fans. Do it for the content. Oh, that's funny. Well, <laughs> it's definitely a joke because we don't have that many fans. So don't come for us, guys. Don't belittle us. <laughs> My recommendation for this week is actually the love languages quiz. So I feel like this was a hot topic for a while and then we just kind of stopped talking about it. But I actually recently redid it on the weekend And I just think it's so important for yourself just to know what you need and what you crave from a relationship, whether that be a friendship or a romantic relationship. But I just think it's so important to find out what you value and it might actually surprise you. And yeah, I don't know. I just found it really interesting and I feel like you need to redo it given certain situations and then you just can see exactly what you need when you need a little bit of clarity. Mm, That's a really good recommendation and it's actually so true. I think I was surprised when I found out what mine was and I think it gives you a little bit more of an understanding of who you are and who your partner is as well. If you've got a partner who's like super into quality time, then you're just more aware of it and you'll be like, hang on, I'm actually going to have time with them where my phone's nowhere near us and we're actually going to have some quality time because otherwise you could be like, what do you mean? Like we're together all the time but are you just sitting next to each other on the couch watching Netflix? Are you actually together? Yeah, and if someone needs words of affirmation and you're not telling them what they need to hear, that could really affect them. Mm. It's just a really insightful quiz and it's free. It's just my recommendation for the week. Get across it. Anyway, fill my ears with your quote. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Okay, no, I need to change that. No, that was hilarious. We're leaving that I will fill your ears with this quote and I hope you enjoy it because I did. When I read it, I thought that's going on the podcast this week. So it's, it's this. <laughs> Don't forget that you can start late, start over, be unsure, try and fail and still succeed. That is so insightful. <laughs> did that fill your ears with some good, some good vibes? Oh, we've got to stop saying fill my ears. (laughs) I'm in in tears. That was so wisdomful. And I'm crying of laughter about my ears. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I'm glad it had that effect on you. Let me know. What is your quote this week? You can tell this is a really serious week. And it's actually funny because this week my quote doesn't come from the cast of Pooh Bear. Oh, no. I was really hoping to get Eeyore or Tigger today. It was Eeyore's quote this week. If you tune in (laughs) next week, I promise you Eeyore will be here. But right now, I just needed a little bit of insight. And the quote reads, in the end, everything will be okay. And if it's not okay, it's not the end. Mic drop. Boom. I loved it. Well, a little bit more wisdom coming your way. But before we do, I want to introduce countdown because I'm excited for you. How many days until Europe? Oh, thank you. Um, It is 19 days and 12 hours. Oh, actually, it's probably about 19 days and 10 hours now. (gasps) Yep. Very exciting. I also just have to say before we get into our episode with Finchie, make sure you stick around to the end of the app because we have a hot take and it is a juicy one. 
It is about alcohol and your 20s, but we won't go into it now. Where do you draw the line when it comes to that? I want to hear your opinions, but if you're interested in ours, stick around. Let's get into the episode. If you haven't heard of the Terries, it's safe to say you might be living under a rock. The Terries are a five-piece band from New South Wales that have formed in a golden age of surf rock. In 2021 alone, the band released three singles, one of them being Our Paradise, which was voted as number 76 in the Triple J's 2022 Hottest 100. They have recently released their debut album, True Colours, and concluded their national tour. Nowadays, the Terries are selling out shows and have built a cult-like following known as the Pterodactyls. And today, we are lucky enough to be joined on the podcast by the Terries' lead singer, Jacob Finch, formerly known as Finchie, as we said before. Thank you so much for joining the podcast. Yay. (laughs) Again, we haven't forced him to be here. Yeah. So, let's take it back to the beginning. How did the Terries meet? Fuck. (laughs) <laughs> so me and Lou went to school together. Um, we actually used to play soccer together. And then oh, we just kind of knew everyone except for Trent. That's Cam's little brother. We knew Cam because he played in bands already and we met him at the snow. Where are you from? Kayama and Jeringong. Cool. And then Cam and Trent are from Dapdo. It's all, it's all just near Wollongong. Dapdo, which is in that New South sounds Wales. very dinosaur-y. Like yeah, Dapdo's like, <laughs> Dapdo's beautiful, but... It makes sense why everyone calls you the pterodactyls then. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. True. Like Just a whole band of dinosaurs. Yeah. Well, were you guys all into music before the band formed then? Nah, nah. We're, yeah, I probably explained that so shit, but yeah, we weren't. We, Cam was and Trent was, and me, Louis and Salvo are just full blow-ins to the scene and we just charged it in covid and it just happened to work out that you could sing? Well, that's the thing. Like, I used to sing when I was a little boy and I used to actually play drums, but I, like, abandoned it through high school because I was, like, really shy. Mm-hmm. And then Louis could play chords and Salvo could sort of play chords too. So when COVID happened, it was us three living together and we started, like, jamming. I was actually playing drums. And then, yeah. And then kind of got Cam involved. I actually put up a post on Facebook and Cam replied to it and came for a jam with us. And then we had a gig with Big Twisty because Cam used to play drums for Big Twisty and um, we needed a bass player, so we asked Trent. And you're like, hey, this sounds all right. Yeah, well, it sounded shit as at the time, but we've all sort of learnt heaps from then. (laughs) So do you think that, like, getting together in 2020 kind of, like helped you guys have time to put towards your music and then made you want to make something of it? Because a lot of musicians in 2020 were sort of having that freak out and being like, shit, what has the music industry come to? What are we going to do? Whereas you guys are completely different. You were like, let's let's start it. We loved it. It was a perfect, it was perfect for us because everyone else was wigging out. It was like this perfect little pocket where we just Pretended like we knew everything and yeah, everything and you had the was time to yeah. put into it. Yeah, yeah. So n- all of us, all of us got fired from our jobs, and we all got all at the same day, same time. <laughs> Literally, like just COVID, just shut everything down. Oh, we're all okay. just oh. Wait, I was gonna say you all got fired. Like, what were you doing that was controversial? <laughs> yeah, no, it was just because of COVID. Yeah, and, and um, and then we all started getting this government money because like everyone was like getting it, mm. and um. 
we just started buying guitars and stuff. <laughs> I bought a drum kit. The boys got bought guitars and bought like mics and stuff. It was cool as. So, how did the name the Terrys come about? Um, to put it plain and simply, our landlord's name is Terry. Did he love you guys? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, so he he let us live in his backyard in this granny flat. It's actually our best friend's dad. Um. And he's just a fucking legend. So we just, I don't know, we're trying to think about a bare name. And yeah. That's great. It's like the ultimate homage to Terry. Just yeah. name your entire band. Terry's after Terry. such a cool, cool guy, too. Shout out to Terry. He's the best. He gave you somewhere to live. You all met, you all jammed. So talk me through it. You wrote your first song in COVID, and then you have this performance. What happens from there? Um, well,. We were recording music in Ben Fry from Pacific Avenue in his bedroom. Um, and that was really fun. Um, and we just were just like, sweet, we're happy with those recordings. And they were fucking sick. Like we did pesos there and like we just did a bunch of songs really quick in there. And um, Ben was like charging us like 50 bucks or something to make a song. So it was just cool as... And then we had come up with Our Paradise and Ben was away so he couldn't record it. And it was just like weird as because the guy who we've worked with up until this point, he had emailed our manager and was keen to work with us and it just like fell into place because Ben couldn't do it. So we're like, oh, we'll just go to this guy's studio in Sydney and then fuck, it got in the Hottest 100 and got on Triple J and shit and it was just fucking crazy for us that's crazy what is the timeline from there so you started in 2020 when were you on triple j 2021 or just like whenever our paradise came out yeah so about a year you guys had only been in the game for a year and you just are already killing it that's crazy yeah yeah well you were voted number one most played artist on triple j unearth in 2021 and at that point the band had only been together for 12 months so what did that mean? Like, what did it mean for us? Or for yeah, like, even like how how did that success come about? Like, what would you put that down to? I'll put that down to um, it's not what you know. It's you know, um, a fucking shitload of being lucky, and um, yeah, that I'd put it down to those two yeah. things. Well, you, <laughs> guys, you guys are awesome though. Like, and you have an amazing voice too. Just quietly. Thanks. <laughs> well, outside of just being lucky, you guys were voted number 76 for 2022. What was it like hearing your voice come on? Because I think it's pretty safe to say that Hottest 100 is like a national holiday. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So what did that mean? Were you already listening and then you were like, hold on, I know these blokes. Yeah. yeah. Well, so it was like really scary because we, we thought we might get in there because we were seeing all the people tag us and stuff like that on their stories when they're um, doing their votes. And, yeah, we were, so we were all there. Like, we had invited a bunch of mates around and I was honestly just cruising nowhere near the radio and then everyone started to, like, celebrate. And I kind of walked over and we were just getting played. It was fucking crazy feeling. Like, yeah, I, I felt – we all just felt so happy. It was just beautiful. Well, you guys are now – like frequently featured on Triple J, does the excitement of hearing your song on the radio ever wear off? Um, no, nah, it's sick. It's always good. It's yeah, it's 
good. Um, it's like it's kind of weird. You, I kind of like don't listen to it as, as as if it's my voice. If that makes sense. You're just bopping along. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like a version is something that I've always loved, mm-hmm. and this was definitely the case for yours. And this has now become one of your most featured songs. How does one play like a version? Um. Well. So, we w- we had like inklings that we were going to get asked to do it, and. Our manager said that we were going to be doing it in February this year. And then literally like a few days later, he just called called me and was like, do you want to do like a version next week? And I was like, fuck yeah, I do. Do you um, get to pick your song? Well, I don't know what the process is for other people. Um, but for us, we sent them three songs. They asked us to send them three songs that we'd be keen to do. So we sent them... Teenage Dirtbag. Teenage yes. Dirtbag. Yeah. Um, bad Reputation, which is like, I don't give a damn about your bad reputation. Yes, that would have been so All of these too. songs bring back so many memories. Yeah. And then um, Catch My Disease, and they were frothing on Catch My Disease. So we, so we went to do that, and we literally practised it three fucking times. Like, yeah. I'm not even kidding you. I, when I was in there, I had to write down on a piece of paper and like hide it behind the keys with the lyrics on it because I kept fucking it up. Well, you looked pretty comfortable yeah. in the video I saw, so you did well. Were you nervous? I was shitting myself. I was absolutely shitting myself. I felt like really... Did, could yeah. you have re-recorded it if you had messed it up? Yeah, 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 yeah. You can you can do it again if you fuck it up. Yeah. But was that one take? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, f- the actual one is just one whole thing. That's how it's like live, I guess. I guess like the nervousness always goes away. Like, like w- with, with anything, like even when you're maybe doing your first ever podcast and stuff, you kind of feel nervous. But then once you get going, it every- everything kind of just seeps in and you just can chill out. Do you still feel these nerves when you perform now? Because obviously you've done a couple of national tours now and you're performing every second weekend. Do yeah. you still get nervous? Sometimes. Like, I feel like it's good to get nervous though because it means you really care. Um, sometimes sometimes I do, but not all the time. It's weird. What do you do to cope with the nerves? Just try and have the perfect amount of beers where you're not <laughs> pissed but you're just like a little bit. Feeling good. Have you a ever happy had medium? To, yeah. Have you ever had to perform having a few too many drinks? Yeah. Yeah. Once or twice. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to ask. So your single "Good Days" features half of Bliss and Esso. Mm. How on earth do you get Bliss and Esso on a song? Did you guys know them? Nah, nah. See, that's why we're lucky. Like, the boys just met Esso at the um, fucking airport. And as you do, that's crazy. Yeah. And they were just chatting to him. And then he like, I don't know if he knew the band or, or what, or if he checked us out after that, but, um, somehow he just, we, we just made this rap song and we just left that verse out and we just fucking sent it to him. And we're just like, do you want to rap on this? And he just said, yes, somehow. So I guess it was like a mixture of meeting him and, him thinking we were cool and then he, us just having that shit ready to go and just being like, boom, and then he was like, whoa, that actually is a cool song, luckily. So that's how that came about. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that having things ready and being prepared 
is a sort of one of the keys to your success? Yes and no, because we charge it a lot of the time. Like, like for instance, we've just been to the studio and we've made fucking six song if I do say so myself and we made it up in the studio like we just made that up but then we're prepared because we've got songs in the vault ready to rock like all the time well, that actually leads me to something that I want to ask you because you guys are so like go with the flow good vibes not too stressed out about anything so how do you actually sit down and write a song or is most of the time it's just off the top of your head no it's it's different like like, like sometimes, for example, with Our Paradise, Louis had already come up with the chords and that little, little lead line thing and then just played the chords to me and I just wrote the lyrics and then we just took a video of us, like, doing it and then we went to the studio with it and sort of added everything else on. And then... Oh, just heaps of different ways. Heaps of different ways. Like, I've I've had the boys send me, like, just full on, um, just like a voice memo of chords and I've written lyrics over here in Taz. Um, fuck, there's, we don't really have a way. And then, yeah, last time in the studio, we literally went to the studio and had no fucking idea what we are going to record. And then Salvo just starts playing these chords Chris Collins, the guy who we're working with, was like, yep, they're fucking cool. And then we kind of just added it, added it all in. And I wrote the lyrics up. Is this how spot. Hopscotch was made last week? <laughs> See, and then Hopscotch is like a whole nother ball game. Salvo was playing those chords, which are the same chords for like Wise Man and Swear, another one of our songs. So that's why he's playing them. And um, I just started writing lyrics I could hear him in his bedroom and I was sitting outside on the lounge. It's when I still live with him. And I just like wrote it all down. And then we made this demo on my computer. And then, yeah. But Hopscotch turned into like a way different song. If you heard the the demo, it would sound so different to you. Because, yeah, I don't know. We just changed it heaps in the studio. And I was sick and I couldn't sing like in my normal voice. So that's why I'm like really struggling to sing in that song but I kind of like the way it goes yeah it sounds awesome and for not having a way of writing songs you you guys clearly make it work because you write awesome music how does it work now that you're living here in Tassie and the guys are on the mainland um I guess like just a lot of flying for me I just like a lot of frequent fly points yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's good frequent fly that's good virgin lounge and shit it's mad but yeah, it's I don't know. Everyone thinks it's it's a lot harder than what it really is, but we've been making it work sweet. I just fly over and see them. And how often yeah. are you heading over there? I've only really had to go. We don't really jam. If we don't really practice ever, we That's just crazy. Place. That must be nice. Yeah. So like for hopscotch, when we when we made that, we. Because I'll just fly from here, say we're playing in Queensland, I'll just fly from here to there and they'll fly there and I'll just meet them there and we'll all just be reunited. And then we'll usually just get to soundcheck and practice a new song in soundcheck. 
like, all right, we're Damn. good to go. Let's have that perfect number of beers and get on the stage. Yeah, and then we fuck it all up when the crowd's watching us. <laughs> I was actually going to say, so I was at your gig on the weekend yeah. and you have some diehard fans. Like, it was rough out there. <laughs> What's the craziest thing that's ever happened at a live performance? Oh, my God. Um, I actually don't know. Like, there's there's been a few incidences where – did you see those two dudes that climbed, that up, climbed on the, up at the top? Yeah. So there's, like, stuff like that that happens – for anyone listening at home, there were barriers on the roof and they had climbed up and were sitting up there. And it was really funny because the line that Finchie was singing was three little birdies sat on the rooftop. True. And then I think they were just trying to go along with the song, but the gig had to stop. That was yeah. very creative, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know if they were trying to be creative. <laughs> That's fucking cool though. So yeah, just stuff like that, I guess. It's kind of crazy. Or like having like... um. Dicko from Australian Idol come to our gigs. That's like crazy. Or like just people like in bands that we really like come to our gigs. That's fucking cool. Who has been someone that's come to your gig that you've been like absolutely fanboying over? Uh, Paddy from Sticky came to our gig. Damn. She's cool as. Um, Elliot from Delta Riggs. Um, BC from the Dunies. That's so cool. We've had some... Had some nice little times. That must be so reassuring as a band just to have people who are your, like people that you look up to coming and supporting you as well. Yeah, it's crazy. It feels so nice. Especially knowing that they're listening to your music. So talking about that, how does it feel being on stage and hearing people who have obviously bought a ticket, like found accommodation just to come to your gig and they're singing your lyrics back to you? It, it never gets old. It actually wigs me out heaps because, like, I could just look in my notes and, like, see just random words that I've written down and then someone from fucking the other side of the country is singing along. It's it's really weird. Especially we, we have only been a band for three years, so we're not, like, traditionally musicians, so it's, it's fucking weird, eh? Do you reckon that's the point of difference for your band, though? Yeah, I kind of do, eh? Yeah. I kind of reckon that, that that's the vibe with us, so, yeah. And, that, like, yeah, I don't know. Might be, like, inspiring or something. It definitely is. I think it makes people realise that you can do anything that you set your mind to. You don't have to have that classical upbringing of, like, music lessons and voice lessons and stuff. Like, if you're a creative person and you like writing and you want to put it to music, you can do it. And you exactly. guys definitely show people that. Fuck yeah. That's, that's the goal. Yeah. What is the goal for people when they do listen to your music? Yeah, just that. Like, just, like, fucking... I don't really know, because sometimes as well, like, I, I, I've... Like, someone will say something about a song. Maybe it helped them through, a, like, a dark time or, like... Some people got different little reasons or little um, things, stories about our songs that they've... But, but then when I think about the lyrics, I... Maybe I didn't even mean it to even make sense. Maybe, like, I didn't even know what the fucking song was about. Do you know what I mean? Like, if someone can make up their own story or whatever. Or meaning. Yeah. I think that's a beautiful thing about lyrics. It's so nice to hear even just your friends talking about the same song and what it means to them. And that's what music can do. It can bring together all these different people and you can hear their opinions on it. And it's just like, wow, I hadn't thought about it like that. 
And yeah. yeah, music is so cool. Yeah, that's that's exactly that you said it way better than me. <laughs> <laughs> well articulated. Is there anything that you can pinpoint every time you go to write a song like, yeah, that inspires me? Or is it always changing? I don't know. I'm really weird. Like I don't even have Spotify. I don't even really fucking listen to music. It's kind of sus. Like, like I'm just good at it. No, <laughs> I just get addicted to like one song at a time. Yeah. And I just listen to it on YouTube. So I'm super weird. Um, that was me with Paper Planes. <laughs> that's so sick. Yeah, I listened to that song so many times and okay. every time I was in the shower, my housemates would be like, and again. Fuck, I love that because that's like not not a very well-known song. It, bar, was paper, so. it was Paper Planes, Doctor Doctor and Creeper were my three favourites of yeah. True Colours. That's mad. They're probably my favourites too, so thanks. Um, well, you've actually just come to the end of your True Colours tour. You've done an encore, but talk us through the tour. How was it? Yeah, it was. It's like it's all. It's all kind of a bit of a blur. Um, did you not get to that perfect level of beers? No, like <laughs> I did. I didn't. I didn't like cook myself, or I didn't like do like you know get really pissed every show. I didn't like. I'm pretty chill, but um, I don't know. It's just I just don't really have a good memory as it is. It was. It, it was. It's been really good though. And we did. We did like a national tour, like all the main cities, and then we did the encore tour which was like smaller places around. But in between that, we supported Fiddler. So we went like around the country with them as well. So it's been like fucking a lot. And you had some great opening acts for your tour as well. Like Nerve was your opening act? Yeah, for the for the main one, yeah. Which is just so cool. Yeah, I'm a massive Nerve fan, so that was sick. How did that come about? Did you know him already? Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't know him. I was just... A fan. Like, I was a fan of Nerve before I was even in a fucking band, so it was weird. But, yeah, I just asked him and he said yes. Because I think, like, Nerve's, like, Nerve's, like, got some mad rap skills, but he's also, like, kind of, like, doing some singing stuff. So I think it was just good for him to get put in front of our fans because he didn't have to support us. Like, he's fucking bigger than us. So the fact that he wanted to support us, I think, like, it was just, like, a... You know, get get in front of some different eyeballs and stuff. And he killed it. And everyone loved him. So Yeah, no, he was awesome. Yeah. Well, now that you've done a couple of national tours, can you pinpoint a favourite performance with a city that you just can't wait to get back to because the fans are the best there? Tassie. You can't say Tassie. <laughs> You're um, on to Tassie. Too. You <laughs> certainly can. Tasmania <laughs> is the best. Well, I mean, you did move here, so maybe I wouldn't even think that you were lying. Well, a fun fact, last year, it was the highlight of my November, actually, I won free tickets to your Fuck gig yeah. in Hobart. And it was just so funny because we all my housemates were already going. We were like, oh, unreal. And we'd met you briefly. So yeah. they were like, oh, he's rigged it. And I was like, there's not a chance they remember. <laughs> but it was just so funny. And that was when we all fell in love with the Terrys. What gig? Oh, was that the was that that was altar? altar? Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Sick. Oh, well, that is funny. <laughs> yeah, it's a small world. It's come full circle now. <laughs> yeah, it's mad. Yeah, and now you live here. Yeah. I, li- I literally walked here today. Well, Dang. tell us about the move to Tassie. What are you thinking? Do you like it? Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 well, like, because I'm, I'm not from a city. So, like, even though this isn't really, like, it's like a, it's a city, but, you know, there's not too many people. It's like the perfect little... Because I feel like if I moved to Sydney, I would have been overwhelmed. But here it's like there's still enough going on, you know. It's a good bridge for you. Yeah. 
it's nice to be able to fly under the radar a little bit. I just like it. I just like, I just kind of like being like, I don't know, in a new little place and it's cool. Yeah, I think a lot of people can relate. And that just sort of reminded me about like moving to Sydney and being overwhelmed and stuff. At at the start of our interview, you said that you were shy when you were younger. Mm. And one of our recent podcasts that we did with Med Hunnett, she mentioned, and she's a brilliant performer, mm. she mentioned that she was really shy and that for performers and musicians and artists in general, there's a space for like the introverts and the shy people. Yeah. And you're kind of like that like you, I didn't think that you were shy but you mentioned that you were do yeah. you think you're still shy now or like I am I I am to some extent yeah I'm I don't know I don't know if I consider myself an introvert but yeah I'm, I, I can get in like these weird little phases where I'm what do you do when you're in those phases just play the guitar yeah <laughs> take it back to the music yeah well, speaking of that, what's been the highlight of your career so far? Probably just Triple J, um, like a version, I'd say. Or mm. like the fact that we made an album. Um, How does one write an album? Like I, you talked about your songwriting process before, but like you can do one song, you get the one song out. How on earth do you sit there and you're like, all right, let's make like 17 songs? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, eh? We just the same thing, like when we went to this... Because I swear we spent, like, we went to the Grove studio, which is fucking mad studio where you can, like, there's, like, a house connected to it. You can sleep there and stuff. See, but even though, you know, it's, like, a challenge to write an album if you can sleep there. Yeah. So we spent, like, a fair few days there, like, a few times, and I don't really know. Like, we'd just wake up and just make a new song. And that's, that was it. And chuck them like, all together. Put an album cover on it and go, she's call done. Call it a day. <laughs> Yeah, I guess there was, like, for this next album, I guess there's going to be more, like, thought process going into it. But in saying that, the last two songs you made for it, there's been zero thought process going into it, so. See, but I think that's just imposter syndrome for you because no one would know that. Like, we were reading the lyrics to Hopscotch before and Bronnie was like, this is fucking beautiful. (laughs) Yeah, it reminded me of primary school and just growing up and... There's no way that you would know that you wrote that in a sitting and if you did I would be screaming that from the rooftops because that's a talent thanks man so yeah yeah no yeah I think you're right like I'd I'd probably just wig out a bit too much about random shit but yeah no no one would know every (laughs) every part of it sounds really meaningful so speaking of recording an album touring and doing all of this stuff do you actually have downtime when you're on these tours and is it all partying? Because there's such a myth around musicians and, yeah, never being sober. So what would you say? Well, yeah, so the downtime thing, yeah, like there is, I guess. But then sometimes there's just not, <laughs> I don't know, probably not that much downtime. Sort of like I've been to a, a lot of cities, but you kind of just see the venue in your hotel room and then wake up and fly away. But if we've never been somewhere before, sometimes we might like, if we can, sometimes we might like stay there an extra day so we can adventure around. Oh, that's awesome. Cool. And then I'd say it just depends who you are with the whole sober thing. Like there's some bands and people I know that like musicians and they're like fucking super switched on. I mean, they don't, they don't drink at all, even at the shows and stuff. So yeah. And then... I feel like half of our band is chill and the other half is 
not chill. But their roles can reverse. I was going to say, which side are you on? The chill side, of course. (laughs) Of course. Well, that was actually my next question was how do you keep this energy up on stage? Because you guys are known for being pretty energetic and interactive. It's not like you're standing there just doing your thing. So how do you keep that energy up? I don't know. I guess it's just the music that we play is kind of like fucking like energetic. So even if we're not really vibing too hard or like we're tired or something, when you're on the stage and it's like rattling and fucking drums are going and guitars are going and shit, you kind of just get in the zone. (laughs) Kicks you back into gear. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be hard not to. Well, like I said before, you are coming to the end of the Encore True Colours tour. Am I correct in saying that? Yeah, I think it's done. It's done now. It was Hobart the last one. Yeah. Oh, lucky us. So what's next for you guys in 2023 then? We're trying to go to New Zealand, but I still, maybe I should do it today. I've got to go hand in, I've got to go do my passport. <laughs> yeah, we'll hold you accountable for it. This episode is probably going to come out <laughs> next week. Yeah. If and you can. <laughs> have you got your passport and everything sorted yet? Like, let this be your reminder. Yeah, literally. <laughs> if you get nothing else out of this episode, it's a reminder to check the, expect- <laughs> the expiration date. But um, what is the ultimate goal for you guys as a band, for the Terrys? Oh, I reckon the ultimate goal is to be happy. I love that answer. Yeah. That's everyone's ultimate goal. Again, not just music. So our final question that we always like to end on in an episode is what piece of advice would you give to your younger self? I reckon if my younger self saw what's happening today, I would like fucking lose my shit. I'd I'd be so wigged out by it. But I'd probably just, um, I don't know, I'd keep it cruisy. I'd just say like don't stress out and just keep doing what you're doing, I guess. I don't know, like... Keep doing what you're doing because you're I'd, smashing it. I'd probably tell myself to, like, start, like, jogging or something or, like, never, <laughs> never like, smoke cigarettes or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'd tell myself, like, really, like, good stuff that, that I do that now. That you would take wisdom out of. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'd tell myself. I'd tell myself to, like, go to the gym and stuff. <laughs> like, I don't know. Look after yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I'd tell myself to eat heaps of veggies. Are you doing that now? Yeah. I'm actually good now. I'm yeah. looking after myself. Oh, so. good on you. Mm. That's but I should have started doing that a long time ago. So that's all right. We live and we learn. We absolutely do. So where can everyone find you and where can everyone find your music? Oh, Spotify and YouTube and find us in Victoria on the weekend at the Push Festival. Probably will be done by the time you hear this. I think we've got our own show as well. And what's your Instagram? The Terry's Band. Sweet. Make sure you chuck them a follow guys if you not already incredible thank you so much for jumping on today and we can't wait to see what's next for you thanks so much for having me a user legends oh it was awesome to sit down with finchy had such a good time it's so funny seeing someone on stage and then all of a sudden you sit behind a microphone and send out a few dms and someone actually says yes and you get to have a chat with them so it's a bit surreal because you sit and listen to their music and now you actually get to have a chat with them. So I'm so grateful that he came on the podcast today. Yeah, he's such a good bloke. And it's, yeah, thanks again so much, Finchie, for coming on and chatting with us. We had a blast. And if you've stuck around this long in the episode, you already know what time it is. Welcome to Hot Take. All right, my hot take today is something that I think 
everyone listening to this can relate to. And it's the question of, is it alcoholism in your 20s or are you just having a good time? Mm, Very good question. Now, I think that we're in a very interesting position at two sides of our 20s to chat about this because we're both at the same stage, living our lives. So I found out that heavy drinking is classified for men as consuming more than four drinks on any day or more than 14 drinks per week. And when it comes to women, it's classed as consuming more than three drinks on a day or more than seven drinks per week. So this means that heavy alcohol use and aka binge drinking is drinking for more than five days in the past month. I think a lot of people have done that. I So this is what gets me because if you're cracking a bottle of wine at 8am on a Monday morning, I'm a little concerned for you. Absolutely. Even if you're in your 20s and calling it a good time, I don't think it is, unless you're on your way to a festival or it's your birthday, then I can give you a little bit of grace. But when you look at what's classified as alcoholism, I would consume more alcohol than that in a single drinking session and I would be consuming more than a week's worth according to health advice. Yeah, and if you're drinking every weekend and you're having more than that, because when I think about a drinking session where I'm actually like going like, I'm going to have a good night tonight, like me and my friends will easily have like 12 drinks. Like that's quite normal. Absolutely. But it's not. A bottle of wine has more drinks than we are apparently supposed to be consuming. Mm. I think that the thing about your 20s though, it's a time where you're exploring your identity, you're trying new things and you're seeing how you fit in in the world. It's like, it's a rite of passage to drink when you're younger and to have those things. Like you need to make mistakes in order to learn and find yourself and just see what you do and don't like. I completely understand what you're saying though. I think when it comes to your identity in your 20s, whenever you have an event with someone or it comes to the weekend, it's revolved around drinking. Like organizing those plans there's a party there's praise there's all these things and it's the attitudes towards drinking that are really defining whether it's binge drinking yeah and then there's the question of where do you draw the line when do you realize you might actually have a problem and I think something to think about is when are you relying on it to make yourself feel better or to cope with something like do you know when to stop and something I read which I think some people might go oh well that's really obvious was someone who does not have alcoholism can stop at a few drinks at the very least they do not have the inside voice telling them enough is enough and to stop and I think many of us do have that voice And just choose not to listen to it sometimes. But I think it's good that you still have that voice. Like sometimes you'll be like, oh, this is not going to be good in the morning and I probably should stop. I'm saying some silly things. But the the problem is, is like when you don't know when to stop or when you have like a blackout or you just feel like you're doing it because you feel something, you're feeling so depressed that you're like, I hate my life during the week. Like I'm going to get absolutely shit faced this weekend just to feel something. And I know I've been there before. And even on birthdays and stuff, like you should go all out and have fun if you want to. But when are you taking it too far? If it's if it's getting to that point where you don't remember, and I actually have an example. I don't really remember my 23rd birthday. And I was so excited to turn 23 because it's my lucky number. And I was born on the 23rd. And it's just like I made it this big thing. And I got so excited that I just took it too far. I think that that's the thing about building up a day or a situation or things like that in your head because you get so excited for this party or group of friends that you're hanging out with and alcohol is obviously involved and you have things like bottomless brunch where you're trying to drink as much as you can. To get your money's worth. Exactly. And I remember you and I 
do bottomless brunch and we'd be like, all right, one hand in one drink in this hand, one drink in this hand. And the thing is, that is not an issue. And I'm no one sitting yeah. here and being like, you shouldn't do that because God, it's, a, it's yeah, fun. And we do it. And it's nice to let go. I think yeah. sometimes we can get very in our head and stressed and we just need something to let go. It just depends what that reason is that you're letting go for because you, you don't hear about alcoholic 20 year olds because no. you're having fun. Because it's so normal. Yeah. And it's, it's not alcoholism when you're young. It's only alcoholism when you're older is how I feel it's, it's defined so in society. True. Definitely. Do you ever think like in society when you're looking at someone like they're 38, they're drinking all the time, they're getting drunk, they don't have kids. In society, it's just like that's so effed up. But the Because thing it's is, outside the norm. But if you do it that in your 20s, it's not outside the norm. And they're just living their life. They're do, they're having the best time. Yeah. It's a very interesting It's an contrast. interesting scale because yeah. I think that – so the hot take is, is it alcoholism in your 20s or is it just a good time? And I think the fact is, under society standards, you're just having a good time. Yeah. I think it's a little bit of both. And I think you know personally if you have a little bit more of a problem, you can – Put it down to those things like, are you getting blackout drunk? Can you remember your day the next morning? But blacking out is normal. Yeah, is it though? It's not. I haven't blacked out in a long time, which I say proudly because I used to black out all the time and not Mm. remember anything. And that was the sign of a good night. But I haven't done that for a long time. But if you said to someone, oh, I blacked out last night, they'd be like, oh, you had a good one then. Yeah, it's very true. That's very true. I just, yeah, so basically what I want to end on is I think that alcoholism, especially when you're young, is more about the attitude you have towards when you're drinking. And I don't think it's necessarily reflected in the statistics that I read out earlier because I just think that that's ridiculous. I don't think that I'm going to be like, yeah, I'm going to have four drinks. And I would do that if I was having like a really quiet night. I don't want to hang over, all that sort of things. But I think especially when you're a woman and you are told not to exceed four drinks in a single session, I just think that's a little bit unachievable. Yeah. I think if you're celebrating something that's unachievable, I think if it's just a week night and you've got nothing on that week and each night you're going home to have four drinks, I think that's a time when you need to maybe check yourself a little bit but at the same uh, I don't know it's I just think Saturdays aren't reflected in the statistics if you tell me that (laughs) Monday through to Thursday then yeah absolutely I should not be exceeding four drinks but if you're talking to me on a Friday or a Saturday night and I'm celebrating with some friends I just think it's so embedded in Australian culture as well which is a whole nother conversation Mm -hmm. but Australians are known to drink and I just don't think that you're you're taking into account the weekend's drinks and I get it's all in a day's work but still it's a very social activity I find that when I'm in a social setting and something's on like I just want to drink to fit in but the truth is alcohol is a drug it's addicting um and it isn't a healthy coping mechanism challenge yourself to not drink in an unhealthy mind state and see if you drink differently I think as well like sometimes I don't want to go to a social setting if I'm not drinking like I think I'd prefer to be drinking just because it's kind of awkward when you're not but one thing that's so important is stay true to you and if drinking doesn't serve you or it doesn't make you feel good don't let anyone make you feel bad for sitting out of a drinking session which is something that I definitely need to remember because sometimes I just do it for the sake of it and you just need to remember to stay true to yourself I think. Sometimes it's not even just the drinking that can set you up for a bad week though because if you drink, then you're hungover, then you're not doing anything, then you're eating like shit and then it's just this 
continuous cycle. But I think what's important to remember is no one's telling you not to go have a good time. I just think it's really interesting to compare someone who's going out every weekend and having 15 drinks and just having a grand old time at the start of your 20s compared to someone who's in their late 30s who by society standards should have children and be staying in and doing all these things. And they would be classed as an alcoholic but in our age demographic, we're just having a fun time, mm. which I completely get because the fact is we're having a ball. Yes. But I think we've wrapped that up I pretty well. I think we've wrapped that up very well. And if you guys have any opinions yourself, slide them into the DMs on Instagram. We are at two Tazzy Chicks. Slide in with your hot take if there's something you want to hear us discuss. Thanks again, guys, so much for listening. And you know what to do. Hit like, follow, subscribe. I don't know. That's YouTube. But share this episode with a friend because I know a few of you that are listening, a few, who am I kidding? All of you that are listening know exactly who the Terries are. So show them some support as well. But thank you so much again for listening and we'll see you same time next week in your libraries.